Awesome. As the offering plates are, are going by, I want to tell you about where we're going this morning. If you've been with us the last few weeks, you know that today we are wrapping up a series that we've been calling Ghost Stories. And we're talking about the Holy Spirit, also known as the Holy Ghost, for the last month. And uh, I wanted to wrap up, as we've been talking about what does it mean to be filled with the Holy Spirit, what does it mean to listen to the Holy Spirit and be led by Him, uh, I wanted to wrap up our, our time today by talking about how do you actually follow the Holy Spirit and listen to the Holy Spirit in your workplace? When it comes to your job or your vocation or, or your school, for, for many of you this past week you went back to school, many more of you next this coming week you're going to be going back to school. And frankly, that's something we're all a little bit scared of. How do I bring my faith into the marketplace, into my workplace or my school? Uh, there are all kinds of what ifs. And what if I'm labeled a certain way? Uh, what if I lose business because of the way I'm talking about my faith? What if something you know, happens where, where I'm uh, looked at in a certain way because I do that? And we have all these fears, but there's also a tremendous blessings that come when we do that. And so uh, I'm going to invite two men um, to come and speak to us this morning who have had a deep impact, both of them, on my life. And their relationship with God and the Holy Spirit has impacted me deeply. Uh, and so I'm going to introduce to you Chris Conrad. Chris has been with us before. You know him. Chris is uh, the regional superintendent for the Great Lakes region of the Wesleyan Church, which we are a part of at, at Frontline. So Chris is my boss, um, but I also, I love when Chris uh, is willing to come and speak with us because Chris has also been a mentor to me spiritually, and I would also call him a, de a dear friend of mine. And so Chris is going to come, and a few years ago, Chris introduced me to a man named Dave Gary. And, and, uh, and Dave, you're going to meet here in a few minutes. And uh, Dave is a businessman. He's not a pastor like myself or Chris. And what's profound about Dave's life is that Dave owns a couple of businesses. I'll let them tell you about that. And God has blessed those businesses incredibly. But what's profound to me is the way that Dave has brought his faith and his walk with God and his walk with the Holy Spirit into the workplace, into, into the business world that he lives in. And on a personal note, a few years ago, uh, Chris extended me an invitation to meet Dave, and I actually got to spend two different times. I've actually gotten to spend time at his home uh, where he lives. And the first time we went to his home was a time for me where I was very depleted. It was a few years ago. There were some things happening in my own personal life that had left me just empty. Some things that were happening here at the church that had just, uh, just really burned me out and left me in a really dark place. And so I went to Dave's house, and through that time, those few days just with Dave and, and talking with him and spending time in his home, what, I, what God began to just do an incredible work in my life. And um, I had started to come to see God as my boss or my superintendent. And that week I learned that God was my father and that he loved me as his kid. And so I'm really excited for you guys to hear from uh, Chris and Dave whether you realize it or not, you all have been, already all of you have been impacted by Dave and his walk with God just because of the way it's impacted me. Um, and so I want to invite Chris to come forward and just get us started this morning. Would you welcome Chris Conrad as he comes? So thanks, man. Yeah, thanks, buddy. Love you, though. Well, good morning, Frontline. How are you? I always love being with you. It's such a delight for me to be with you. Some of you might remember that I had the privilege of being here back in March. And when I was here with you in March, we talked about the fact that who we are as men and women, as teenagers, as young adults, as kids, who we are is we are people that are made in the image of God. And quite frankly, there are people that walk through life 
fully understanding that, that they're made in the image of God and deeply loved by God. And there are other people that don't walk through life with that sense of knowledge and knowing and awareness. And I have to tell you that wherever you stand on that has a deep impact on your day-to-day life. A little bit earlier, if you were here, we were singing this song, I'm no longer a slave to fear, but I am a child of God. And it's one thing for us to, to sing that, and it's a, it's a great song, and I hope you enjoyed it, and it's, it's fun to sing that song, but I wonder how many of us allow that to go deep into our spirits that above everything else, beyond everything else, who you are is not an accountant. Who you are is not a husband or a wife if you happen to be married. Who you are more than anything else is that you are a child of God. And if you've come into a relationship with him, which he longs for all of us to, then we can have this dynamic experience with God as his favored son or his favored daughter. Now, we're going to talk a little bit about that this morning. And then how does that impact us when we go into the marketplace, when we go into school, when we homeschool, whatever our reality is this afternoon or tomorrow, how does that actually impact us? Because it's one thing to come in here and sing, hey, I'm a child of God. But how does that actually affect our life on Monday morning or Monday night if we work third shift or whatever it is? So I want us to look at a couple of passages of Scripture really quickly together. And then I'm going to invite our friend Dave to the stage. But you might remember that Pastor Dave last week talked, Dave Dorner talked to us about the fact that God is not just someone who gives us a map, which he does through his word, the Bible. But the Holy Spirit then comes and he acts as a guide. I don't know how many of you have ever been in a situation where you had a really good guide, someone that actually knew what they were talking about. And because of that, you, you learned a lot more than you would have learned if you wouldn't have had that guide. Well, in that way, as Pastor Dave talked to you about last week, God is, and the Holy Spirit is our guide. And that's exactly what this passage of Scripture in Romans chapter 8 talks about. For those who are led by the Spirit, in other words, He's our guide. For those of us who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves. No, 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 no. So that your life is in fear again. No. Rather, the Spirit you receive brought, you, uh, brought about your adoption to sonship or daughtership. And by Him we cry, Abba, which is just the Greek word for daddy. Would you say the word daddy? Now here's what I know. Some of you grew up with a, with a father who you could call daddy. And that was a term of endearment, and, and there was a closeness there. Others of you, I'm very aware, did not grow up with that kind of a relationship with your earthly dad. Maybe there was no relationship with your dad, or maybe your dad was just such that you were not that familiar or things were continually strained. But what Scripture says is, is that our posture towards the Heavenly Father is, is that we should understand that His love for us is so immense. It is so complete that regardless of who we are or regardless of what we've done or regardless of what others have done to us, we can cry out to him and say, Daddy, I need your help. Daddy, I need to be aware of your love for me. See, here's what I know. When we walk in that sense and that awareness of God's amazing love for us, that he's adopted us into his family, 
then we act differently. There's a shift that happens inside our hearts, inside our spirits, inside our lives. There's a shift that happens. When we don't walk into that awareness, then what, ha- is, then we, what happens is, is that we live out of our insecurity. We try to impress other people or, you know, we have these insecurities that well up inside of us and come out because we don't recognize that we are dearly loved by the Most High God. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we're God's children. And if we're God's children, then we're heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs of Christ. So that everything that Christ has, we have. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. That's, that's God's heart for you. The Father's heart is that you would know that he created you and then he threw away the mold. He created you unique and specific and special. But again, how does that affect you tomorrow morning? How does that affect you as you get up and you go off to work tomorrow? Because here's what I think. I think some of you in this room, perhaps most of you in this room think, well, I can understand that God really loves Pastor Brian or God really loves people that work on staff at a church and they're like the special people. But what about me? Like, I I don't have that kind of, of call on my life to be a pastor. Does God still have a plan for me? Well, I want you to look at a passage of Scripture out of the Old Testament of the Bible, out of the book of Exodus, chapter 31, where where God says this, the, the Lord said to Moses, Hey, Mo, I have chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, the son of Hur and the tribe of Judah. And I have filled him with the Spirit of God, with wisdom, with understanding, with knowledge, and with all kinds of, can you say that word, that, that last word is what? Now, notice, this person is not a pastor. They're not a priest in the Old Testament. That's not what they are. They're someone that God has specifically gifted See, some of you in this room, you, you, you have an incredible mind for numbers. You're an accountant, and God has given you a mind for Others of you, you have an incredible mind for business that God has just given you. Some of you are amazing teachers, and God has just given you that ability. Some of you can administrate. Some of you are strategic. Some of you have these amazing mechanical gifts. Some of you are engineers. And what happens is, is that you bivocate your life. There is your Sunday church life, and then there's your rest of the week life. And what the Heavenly Father wants you to know is, no, 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 no. I have filled you with that ability to do that. And if you'll do it with me, there's a delight that will come out. There's a sense of fulfillment. As a matter of fact, the Heavenly Father wants you to know that you're just as called to be and to use the gifts that God has given you as anyone on this stage. And that God wants to do amazing things through you. So, you're wondering... What does that actually look like? Like in real time, what does that look like? Well, in the year 2000, I had the opportunity to, to meet a guy by the name of Dave Gary. Dave lives in Madison, Wisconsin, and um, I was told when I moved to town, hey, you got to get to know this guy by the name of Dave. So uh, I called and um, tried to get to him, eventually got to him, and I said, hey, you don't know me from Adam, but I'd love to meet you. And uh, so I had lunch with Dave, and that was a whole experience in and of itself, and God just uh, began in that moment to knit our hearts together. And over the last 18 years, Dave and I have had uh, just an, a neat opportunity to grow as friends, and um, I love him dearly. But let me tell you a little bit about Dave, and then I'll, I'll have him come up. So uh, Dave owns some health clubs, 
And uh, we'll tell you a little bit more about their worth here in a little while. But he started off with a $178,000 loan that was given to him by an investor, an older gentleman in Madison who just believed in him um, and helped him get started. And, uh, and you'll hear more what God has done through that. But we have some pictures here of what uh, some of the clubs now. So there are three uh, fairly large clubs. If you've ever seen, uh, a plan, you know, Planet Fitness is, is fairly small. This is, this is like an L.A. fitness. So 100 plus 10,000 square feet. And he's got three of them, one on the west side of Madison, one on the east side of Madison, one in Milwaukee. So we'll just clip through some of these pictures here of the clubs. And he owns those. And then uh, a little over two years ago, uh, actually a little under two years ago, the Holy Spirit just opened up a new opportunity for him. How many of you, um, how many of you have ever had a water softener in your house? And you just raise your hand really quickly, okay? How many of you have ever had to carry salt in order to get to the brine tank? Raise your hand. How many of you have ever wished that someone would invent something so you'd never have to carry another 40-pound bag of salt again? Okay. Well, it's a very long story that we're not going to tell you much about, but uh, the Lord has opened up a door, and through David's son and a couple other people, Dave now owns a company called Salt Co., and literally, you'll, you, you never have to carry a bag of salt again. Uh, it is delivered to your brine tank from uh, a, a cool little piping system that goes right to your brine tank, and you never go to Costco, you never go to Sam's Club again and buy bags of salt now it's just delivered to your house and you don't know anything about it except for the fact that you get a statement once a month saying your brine tank was filled. How many of you would say hallelujah to that? I mean, <laughs> and it, they've invented it. They've got the patents for it, all this kind of stuff. And, and God's just done a thing. But can I tell you, the reason that has happened is because Dave has understood that he's a child. He's a son of the most high God that God just wants to do things with. So would you just invite my friend Dave to stage, and we're going to have some fun together. Dave, come on up. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay, so let's, uh, let's get them started. Um, first of all, thanks so much for coming over. You, you need to know this. He wouldn't tell you this, but uh, Dave come, comes over to, at his own expense. He uh, gets there at his own expense, and hangs out, and it's just, this is just a gift uh, to us. But let's go back. You are uh, 20 years old or whatever you are, and you're working at a stereo shop, and these two guys walk in, and they're really impressed with the way that you sell them a stereo. But, because a lot of people would say when they look at those clubs that you now own, they would just assume that you were born with a silver spoon in your mouth and that you've just had money since the day you were born. But in reality, your dad had a Na or worked at a Napa store, and I've heard you say your dad never made more than about $30,000 a year. Is that? Uh, Fifteen. Fifteen a year. Okay. Uh, so half that. So that's what you grew up in. That's the kind of the, the blue collar, you know, world that you grew up in. But now you're 20 years old. You're working at the cereal shop. These two guys come in. They really like your attitude. They like who you are. They like how you present yourself. And the next thing you know, they call you and they, and some things happen and we won't go to all the deals, but eventually they ask you to manage a health club that they have on the west side of Madison. Now we're just going to, we need to set this up and then I'll shut up and let Dave talk. That For those of you who know Madison well, then you already know this. For those of you who don't, uh, no, just stay here. Um, for those of you who don't, Madison has, you know, basically an east side and a west side and then a little tiny isthmus in between, right? And, um, and so for those, and I had the privilege of living in Madison for a few years, so there's definitely an east side and a definite west side. So 
they call and they ask you, hey, Dave, will you be the general manager of this little health club we've got on the west side of town? So why don't you pick up the story from there? Well, good morning. And I, I have known Pastor Chris for many, many years now. And the first time I ever met him, I knew the anointing of the Lord was on him. And it's really been fun to watch the last 20 years or whatever it's been, the way God's used him. And just the in, impact he's had on this region of Michigan, and now it's going to be much greater than that in different states. So it's really been fun to get to know him and his wife, Mary. And I love your pastor. I met him in Arizona. And I don't know what happened, but I know something happened because he left and he came back into my house and he just looked different. And I, I, I told my wife that. I said, I, I don't even know that man very well, but something happened to him. And it's really fun for me to sit here not knowing the whole history of it, but I saw it. I saw it on your face when you walked in the front door. It's like, oh boy, something happened there. And now to see him in this position and influencing you, that to me is stunning. That, it's fun to watch God's touch on people and the effect that it has and how it affects lots of other people. That's exciting for me to see. You guys are really the real deal, both of you. So go back. You're 20 years old. Yep. And uh, these guys call you up. Here's what I think I'm supposed to do. I want to tell you this story, but there, there are many of you in this room that have been believers a long time, mm -hmm. and you're, you're waiting for, uh, here's what I, I want to say, a suddenly. There's going to be some things I believe in my heart that are going to happen to you that you've been waiting and waiting and waiting, and all of a sudden, bam, it's going to happen. So I'm going to tell you this story from that perspective. In the first service, I told this story from the perspective of a father. And it's really easy for me to do that because I, we have two children, and I love them to death, and I would do anything to encourage them. But the pastor told me about how it took many, many, many years before the food and the, the trucks and the whole deal you got going out here happened. But then all of a sudden, it just went bam. And I, probably a lot of you were here at the time, and it took a while to get to the point, but it was being created, it was being positioned, it was being put in place. And then all of a sudden, it's like the curtain got thrown up, and, and within 60 days, it's happening. Anybody here at that time, you remember that? That's the perspective I'd like to share with you this morning on this story. So I'm 20 years old. I get an opportunity to go into the marketplace, and I'm just like you. I'm young, and it's my first really great opportunity. And I'm getting ready to go to a meeting on a Sunday night at 7 o'clock, and it's a fitness center. We're in a room similar to this with a platform similar to this. And the president and the vice president are talking to the staff. It's probably 75, 80 people in the room. And they're going to introduce me in a couple minutes. And I'm going to be their general manager. Okay, so now you're young. Yeah, I'm excited. And I'm really nervous. I mean, I went to the bathroom five times before the I mean, I was just really nervous. I'm standing over there in the back waiting. And as I'm getting ready to be introduced, I want to clarify this. When I hear God, I don't hear him in my ears, okay, I, which is good because I have hearing aids. I can't hear any of you in my ears, but I don't hear God that way. I, I know or hear God somewhere between my breastbone and my belly button, like right in here. 
You, do you know what I mean? It's, it's like a knowing. It's not an audible voice. It's just a knowing. Because when I was young, about 12 years old, I remember kneeling down at the foot of my parents' bed, and my mom led me to Christ right there. And I know that at that moment, the Holy Spirit came into me. So I know that I am led by the Spirit of God. Therefore, I am a son of God, a child of God. And I, I, that's how I'm led. All right, so with that said, as I'm standing in the back, I get a sense that, and you're not going to believe the end of this story. I get a sense that a question, would you put me first? It's just in, right in here. It's like, would you put me first? And I'm thinking, you got to be kidding, put you first and not at work. I mean, Sunday morning at 10 I would, but not, come on. And I'm wrestling with this whole thing. Would you put, so they, they introduce me and, and they walk up to the front and they say, um, this is Dave Gary, he's going to be the new general manager. I got 75 employees in front of me that are going to manage tomorrow morning. I, I don't know what to do. I say, I tell you what, I, I want to put God first and honor him. So before I do anything else, I'm really excited about this opportunity. I would just want to say a, a quick prayer. So I ducked my head down and I started saying the Our Father, which takes about a day and a half in that side. I mean, it's really a long prayer. It, it's just, oh my gosh. And when I got done, I looked up and nothing had really happened. Everything was fine. Um, and, and if I can, imagine that. You're 20 years old. You feel this prompting of the Holy Spirit. Put me first. You don't have to be a whack job. You don't have to be a kook. Just put me first. And so you get up. First thing you do is you say, I just want to pray a prayer. You pray the Lord's Prayer, and then you go on. And you go on with, I'm happy to meet you all, and you, and you had the meeting. What happened in your spirit, though, when you, when you had um, done that? I think that I had felt like I pleased the Lord. I didn't earn anything. Sorry, I keep standing up. I'm a little nervous. This is not my normal thing to do is talk to a room full of people at a church setting. But um, I just had a sense in my heart that that pleased him. Amen. It was really cool. I didn't earn it. I just know that was really hard to do. And it was a real world. It wasn't Sunday. And it was hard to do. I'd, it almost like there was a deposit put in my heart. I don't, I don't even know how to describe it. But I just knew that was really cool. He liked that. And I think that's important because sometimes you're going to make decisions at school, at work, in your marketplace, wherever that might be, where you make a decision to honor God. And it's not like, you know, the clouds, you know, part and the angels start saying, you know, that, that kind of thing doesn't happen, right? It's just like, but there's this still small voice of, okay, I've done what God asked me to do in that setting, and I have to trust him. Now, here's what happens. Uh, after a couple of years of working there, um, you know, Dave just senses that these guys that he's working for uh, are not the most honorable business guys in the world. And so he feels uh, like he's supposed to leave, and so he does. He steps down from being the general manager of that club. And, um, and he goes to the east side of Madison. Again, there's a west side of Madison, there's an east side of Madison. And uh, on the east side of Madison, there's a health club that's just gone belly up. And uh, he has this gentleman, an investor, an older guy who is friends with his dad. And Dave begins to talk to this guy about, hey, would you be willing to go in this with me? I'll provide all the hard work if you'll provide the money. And let's do this together. And the guy, after about four days or five days, agrees uh, to, to take this risk with Dave. 
And, uh, and even that was an anointing on, on Dave's life. Dave didn't force that to happen. It's just a God thing. And so they go into business. So then Dave starts working his tail off on the east side of town. See, some, sometimes what happens is you just, again, you're 20 years old. You honor God. Now you go back. Now you're just working your tail off for years after year after year trying to build this club on the east side of town. Meanwhile, then, those two guys who were his boss are no longer in the health club. They've gotten out. They've kind of gone belly up. But the people that owned the facility that those two guys at the health club in, they're trying to run the club now. And so these guys aren't health club people. They're just real estate developer people, and they're trying to run this health club on the west side of town. So Dave's on the east side of town. Now he's thinking, huh, I wonder, since those guys no longer exist, they're no longer around, I wonder if I could get that club, if I could buy that club on the west side of town. Take it from there. So I went over and met these 65, 70-year-old men very conservative businessman. I said, you know my partner on this side of town. Um, I don't want to compete with you. I, I, would you guys be interested in selling your health club? Because I was pretty young. And to have the big operation on both sides of town, I mean, I don't care what business you're in. That's really cool. And we really had the, would have the market tied up. So we began this discussion. And they, they liked me enough. And they respected who I was in business with enough to listen. So we had several meetings and got to the point where they said, yeah, let's do that. And we had come to terms on a pretty substantial price. And uh, this is where the suddenly stuff starts to take place. So I got to stand up, sorry. I'm, <clears throat> I'm coming off an elevator. And I'm heading from about here to that screen into a boardroom where all the papers are to sign to something I wanted so bad I could taste it. All I had to do is go in that room. The financing was in place, everything. I just had to sign the documents and close on the deal. As I came off the elevator and I started walking into this room, and remember, I'm excited. I can hardly wait. And I take a couple steps and I get this right in here. It says, stop. I mean, now this wasn't like, would you put me first? This was more of a, your child's running out in the street and a car's coming and you yell, stop. It was that level of, authority and from the Holy Spirit. Stop. All right, well, now I'm totally confused because I've been working on doing what I think the Lord told me to do, and now I'm ready to walk in that room, and my dream is sitting on the table in that room, and I want to do it so bad. So now, and I, I'm really convinced either I've lost my mind, that's got to be the enemy, or it might be the Lord. Uh, all right, now I'm not really sure what to do, and I've got to go in this room because all the accountants and the attorneys, everybody's in the room. And I'm struggling with what to do. And I thought, well, I could just ignore this and just go in and sign it, and then it's mine, and then God will forgive me. It's no big deal. Except I couldn't do that. I, I am so in love with God, and I trust Him so much that if, in fact, I didn't trust me like, was I really sensing it was God? That, I didn't trust that very much, but I do trust God very much. And I thought, all right, I'm going to believe that that truly is you, Lord. So in my, this is all quiet inside of me, that wrestling match you go through all the time. Like, should I talk to that person? Shouldn't I? As I walk in the room, I'm thinking, if I don't do this, I'm going to absolutely destroy my business reputation. I mean, slaughter it. Because medicine's like Grand Rapids. I mean... You do something like that with the key people in town, you're, you're seen as a nut job. I walked into the room, and I, I said, uh, for some reason, 
I'm not supposed to do this right now. Oh my gosh. I mean, if looks could kill, I would be dead. It was, they were furious, to say the least. And I, I walked out, kind of groveled out, and there's nothing I could say at that point. And I, I, to be honest, I was sort of ticked on the inside, because I'm like, I can't believe you brought me all the way across town after all these meetings, all this time. There's my dream. And then you tell me, stop. I, I was almost sort of upset. Well, no, I wasn't sort I was upset. Like, come on. So I left. And the only thing I had in me at that moment, my tank was pretty empty. I had obeyed. That's it. That's really exactly how I felt. All right. And, and this is where some of you are. I, I, that's why I'm distracted at the beginning of this, because I know this is where some of you are right now. You're just like, I've been hearing it. I've been trying it. I've been doing it. I don't see anything breakthrough. I don't get it. I mean, are you really there? Hello? There's people in this room right now, I can tell in my spirit, that are in that place. That's a lousy place to be. You know, because you don't see God. It's just like the wind. None of it, no one in this room has ever seen the wind. You've seen the effect of the wind. You've seen the leaves blow across your lawn in the, in the fall, but you've never seen the wind. But the wind exists. You know it's there. But some days it's really calm. And, and some people, we get in that stage in our life where it's just really calm. It's like, I, I don't know. Well, that's how I was feeling. Like, this is not fun. So I just go back to work. I go back to the other side of town. You won't believe the, the end of this. But so I'm back doing my thing. A year goes by, and the phone rings. And these young guys won't understand this, but the phone used to have this curly cord on it, and it was stuck to a wall, and you had to pick it up, and you had to be close to the wall to talk on it. And then you also had a desk that the phone was on. So that's how we used to function back in the 80s and 90s. My when, partner, dinosaurs, when dinosaurs roamed the earth, yeah. Yeah, that's a, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. My partner calls up, and he goes, hey, David, are you sitting down? Well, he's, he's not the excitable type, and, but I could tell he was excited. I said, well, yeah, as a matter of fact, I am. What's up? He said, you're, you're not going to believe what just happened. Well, what? He said, the, the two men we've referred to that owned that operation that I had destroyed my reputation in front of a year earlier just left his office. They said, We're, they're getting out of the health club business. David, you ready for this? Yeah, what? They're going to hand you the keys to their front door. What? I, 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 what? They're going to give you the club. They want to get out of the business. Well, well, what do you mean? What about the money? They don't want any money. You just have to sign a lease. And I've already looked into it. Same lease they signed internally themselves. They haven't raised the rent or anything like that. Just a normal, modern-day, basic lease. They're going to give it to us? Yeah, not only that, all the equipment in the building is paid for. The pool, all the improvements are in there. They're all set to go. Thousands of members, all the membership contracts, the whole deal, they're handing you the key to the front door. 
I remember being on the phone, just kind of pausing and just kind of looking up like, who are you? That doesn't happen. Here's the coolest part. Remember that first day when I was a young man and I went up and I was really nervous to put God first in the marketplace? You know the keys that I got handed that day to that business? It's exactly the same building that that platform sat on that I walked up when I was younger a decade earlier and said, this might sound kind of strange to you, but before I get started in this great opportunity, I just want to take a second and put God first. And our Father in heaven literally 10 years later handed me the keys to the front door and goes, there you go, kid. That absolutely stunned me. It was awesome. And it was like he threw a switch. As soon as that happened, people heard that we're east, west, reciprocity, 24 hours a day. We did eight months of business in 30 days. I know that for a fact because I had all the paperwork. It was unbelievable what happened. So, yeah, praise be to God, huh? Praise be to God. And I just have to tell you, someone who's been privileged to know Dave for a few years, um, that is just one story of many others that I could tell you. But here's, here's the deal. You're sitting there now and you hear that kind of story. And I know what happens in your spirit and in your mind. You say, well, th that's great, I guess, if I'm Dave Gary, but I'm not Dave Gary. But can I just say, God doesn't love Dave Gary one ounce more than he loves you. And God wants to do supernatural things. And right now, in this moment, right now, right now, there's a war going on in your spirit right this second. And you're deciding right this second whether or not you're going to believe that God loves you that much to do great things for you or whether he doesn't. And I'm begging you to believe that he's a good, good father who would love to lavish good gifts on his children. He just loves to surprise you with his love and with his provision. See, go back. Guys, if you don't mind, I know you can do this easy. Can you go back to Romans chapter 8 that we had on the screen earlier? They, don't, they didn't know I was going to do this. But again, the very beginning of that verse says, for those who are led by the Spirit, if we're willing to be led by God's Spirit, if we're willing to listen to that still, small voice. Now, in agreement with what Dave said, by the way, let me just say this for just a second, then I'll go on, because there's about 40 different directions we could go right now. I, I, I got a thought. You got a thought? Okay. But that West Side Club has now, I mean, it, it financed a huge crusade that happened in Madison where 10,000 people came and where thousands and thousands and thousands of people gave their heart to a relationship with Jesus Christ. It financed that. There are so many ways that God has used that now for his glory because Dave was just willing to get out of the way and say, okay, God, what do you want to do? Go. We only have a couple minutes left, and I'm really sorry that I've been so distracted. I hope I'm not embarrassing your pastor, but um, here's the thing. There's many people in this room right now that are in that window of time from when I got on the elevator and walked off the elevator and destroyed my reputation that I thought, and I went back to work. And that year in the middle where I was just sort of disillusioned, frustrated, like I thought I obeyed you, 
and nothing happened. That's kind of what I think I'm supposed to be addressing right now Amen. with this group. There's something about you're in that one year of time where you're a little bit frustrated. You thought God promised you one thing and it didn't quite work out the way you wanted. And you're just sort of frustrated. I mean, you still love God and everything's fine, but I'm just waiting to go home someday. And all of a sudden, he honors what you did in your obedience to him because he alone knows. He was the one in the back of the room that asked you, would you put me first? Nobody else in the marketplace asked me that. My boss didn't ask me that. Nobody asked me that. The Holy Spirit asked me that question. And he alone knew he asked me the question. Nobody else ever did until recently when I started telling people in settings like this. Nobody knew that. Only he did. And he saw it. And he felt it. And that's what's happening in some of your lives right now. You've honored him. You've been obedient. You're frustrated. It's okay. Be frustrated for a little while. But don't forget that he's seen what he's put in you and the destiny he has before you. And all of a sudden, there's going to come a timing of God where he's going to go, click, here's the keys. And I'm telling you this right now under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Many of you have been called into the marketplace and into the places you are right now. You've been strategically positioned by the Holy Spirit Get ready. This is not a game. He's ready to start unlocking doors and keys like crazy, and you are going to start... Does anybody sense the, the truth right now? Do you, do you feel that? He is getting ready to unlock opportunities for you to do things that no one else can do. See, here's what a lot of you are like. You think if you are really holy... You would get out of that business position, you would quit teaching, and you would go to Africa and become a missionary someplace. Don't lie to me. I already know that's what you think. You do. That is the biggest lie that you've ever heard in your spirit ever. And that's what I want to take a band-aid and rip it off right now in the spirit realm and tell you that is a lie you were positioned strategically by God himself to be exactly where you are for his destiny and for his reasoning and in his timing. And what I'm concerned about right now is that the Holy Spirit would tear that off of you, that lie, that if you were holy, you would go someplace else. No, I'm telling you the truth. This is why I flew in from Wisconsin here this morning. If you were holy, you would stay exactly where you are. You continue to worship and minister to the Lord by the acts of sacrifice, by being a living sacrifice before God in the marketplace, and you would obey him. And when he says now and clicks it, you're exactly where you're supposed to be. And what's going to happen is you're going to see people get saved and ministries get released in this region because of you, because only you are going to be able to do it because God in his infinite wisdom put you in that place strategically ahead of time, and he's just been waiting. It's not time yet. I got their position. Their position, not time yet. Their position, they're faithful, they're true, they know me, they're my children, they're led by my spirit. It's not time yet. They're led by my spirit, and all of a sudden, wham, it happens. And all of a sudden, the home gets built for the young women because her dad kicked them out because she got pregnant. What about the guy? Uh, it doesn't matter. She's the one pregnant. Where's the home? 
And the heavenly father goes, hey, there's my kids. Those are my children right there that I position. And all of a sudden, some of the women and men say, build a home for the young women. That's the kind of father he is. And you're his children. So he can use you because you've been positioned and ready. And all of a sudden, you can walk into a bank and you can say to the owner of the bank, because you've been a good guy and a good woman over the years, they know you. I, I want to do this deal. And all of a sudden, people in the marketplace go, bam, 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 bam. And the attorneys show up that are born-again believers that have been waiting, positioned, ready to go. And the, you know when that happened in Madison, Wisconsin? There was a, an abortion clinic that was trying to buy this piece of land. This is a true story. And I don't have time to tell you the whole thing, but I'll tell you this much of it. When it was time to take that land out from underneath the abortion clinic, I called the president of the bank up and said, hey, this is Dave. Here's what's going on. This, they want to buy this land and build an abortion clinic on it. He, this is what the president of the bank says. Oh, that's not right at all. You want to buy it? Yes. We'll do it. He didn't, we didn't even talk about interest rates, anything. He said, we'll do it. There, there's a guy that God had positioned had the Spirit of God in him, and was ready to go. You didn't know that. I didn't know that until it was exactly at the right moment. The phone rings, bam, bam, bam. There's, and 60 days later, we bought the land out from underneath the abortion clinic. It doesn't exist. There isn't an abortion clinic on that land because God the Father said, no way, I'm not going to let an abortion clinic get built on that land. Son, come here. Son, daughter, come here, come here. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to take that land, and we're going to build the most state-of-the-art center you've ever seen for young women that when she gets kicked out, we go, come here, sweetheart. Your Father in heaven loves you, and I love you. Come here. Here's the state-of-the-art medical center, medical room. Here's all the technology you need. Here's the entire staff. And the community comes around, and it, they come out of nowhere everywhere. Why? Because they've been in a position of waiting until the suddenly of God occurred. <laughs> See, you don't do what you do based on what, what you want to do. You're not the head. Jesus Christ is the head of his church. He has strategy and plan across the region. I'm telling you, just the fact that you meet in a church setting in a marketplace building, give me a break. Wake up. You have already been positioned. God has done that before you, some of you even, now uh, you understand what I'm saying. Many of you get that. Why? Because he's getting you ready to go out into this region and do things that only you can do. Now, what's the purpose of this room? I'm going over two minutes. I'm sorry. What's the purpose of this room? This room is a huddle. This is where you get equipped. I'll, I'll finish with this. It's football season. Have you ever, pastor, seen the football team come into a huddle and then have everybody on the team after the quarterback goes, okay, got it? Here's the play. Ready? Break. And have the entire team go line up at the right wide receiver position? That'd be the dumbest thing in the history of the world. They don't do that. They come into the middle and they have a huddle. They say, let's get fired up. Let's go. You can do it. We can do it. Okay, ready? Break. And everybody on the team goes out to their specific area and position. And what are they waiting for? They're waiting for the leader to call a snap. And then explosion happens and violence happens. 
as the enemy gets pushed back the other direction. That's what's getting ready to happen in this region right now. You're called into this room for the huddle, but then you break and you go out during the week and you go into all these different positions in different places, and then you're waiting for the leader to say, ready, set, on three, snap it. And that's when the explosion takes place. In the feeding programs, all the different things that God as a good father wants to release, guess what? He's going to do it through you. You go, I thought he does it supernaturally. It is supernatural. You're being used to do supernatural exploits in regions. And you know who gets all the credit and the glory for it? Him. What did you do? I just obeyed. I'm just his son. And people will look in the future and see the things that happen, and they'll just shake their head. I don't know how that happened. I don't know where those people came from. He gets all the glory. So, yeah, praise be to God for that. Stay here for just a second. Stay here. So, worship team, you can come, and uh, I'm going to get... scolded after this worship team. We're not going to do the very last song, but we are going to do Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus in a minute. I need to tell you this last thing. It's probably going to take me two more minutes, and we're going to pray, and we're going to be done, okay? Sing this song, but here's the deal. There was a time when Dave had done something in Madison that he was, all he wanted to do was honor God through, through something he was doing, and people misunderstood his motive. He was just trying to be this, we're supposed to share this, this is for you. Sorry. I had left Madison. I had moved away from Madison. But David had done something for the city that was so of God. And some people got jealous and all this kind of stuff. And he was sitting in a worship time, and God downloaded this picture to his spirit. And he began to write this picture on a whiteboard. Okay. He was deeply hurt by the way that he had been misunderstood and misrepresented. Years go by, and the Holy Spirit says to me, you need to go see Dave. Now, so much of our story that you don't know, and that's fine, but Dave was, in many ways, a life preserver for me when I was in Madison, and Holy Spirit said to me, you need to go see Dave, and I I called him up, and and Dave was not in a good spot emotionally, and the reason you needed to hear this is because some of you right now are not in a good spot emotionally, and you think that Dave's always been up, that everything's been up and to the right, and everything's been wonderful. I went over to Dave's house, and I knocked on his door, and I have to tell you, he was not all that excited to see me. True story. Um... It's like, you know, I don't want to talk to pastors. I don't want to talk to anybody right now. And I walked out, and we walked out on this porch. And I just said, Dave, I don't know all that's going on. I don't know, but I just want you to know, I just want to say thank you, because I'm doing stuff right now in ministry that I never would be able to do if it wouldn't have been for the fact that you were just obedient background. And he was very, very, very discouraged. He was hurting on the inside. And that's where some of you are. You're in that season you're in that season of that year, like, okay, I, I, or, you know, maybe it's been five years for you. My wife and I went 16 years without being able to have children. Some of you are in that season where it just seems like, and Dave was in that season. I just went and I just said, whatever. And you know what God had done when he downloaded that picture in his spirit when he was just trying to be obedient? Guess what that ended up being? That ended up being the very blueprint for the thing that makes Salt Co. work and makes the salt move in a jet-like fashion. Dave had no idea that. He was just trying to be obedient to the Lord, and he was in a spiritual, and God 
God downloaded something for the marketplace. Here's the point. Some of you are discouraged right now. And, and the Holy Spirit wants you to know, I'm not done yet. When I went over and spent time with Dave, and that's going back now six or so years ago, eight, whatever it was, six or seven years ago, now Dave's a completely different person. God's doing phenomenal things in and through his life. But you just got to know, some of you are at that place, and you need to know Holy Spirit brought you here this morning because he wants you to hear these words, don't give up. I've positioned you where I've positioned you. Don't you dare give up at this stage. I want to finish in prayer. Two, two categories. One is for you that have been hurt by the church and by pastors. Because you were obeying God. I, was, I know I was obeying God. But how I was received really kind of hurt me. It's like, give me a break, man. I, I, I know I heard the Lord, and I know I did what I was supposed to do. And that, that, that's, that hurts. And so I want to pray for you that you would be healed of that. Because if you're bitter and hurt, that's the enemy's way of keeping you from being positioned, ready to be released. Because you're like, I don't really give a crap. Excuse my language, but I just don't want to do it right now. Why? Because you're hurt. So I want to just pray. For, is it appropriate for me to pray? Absolutely, for of course. Okay, Lord, I just ask right now in the name of Jesus for healing to come over your sons and daughters that have scrapes on their knees, that have scabs on their elbows that have fallen off a bike at times. God, the ones that have been hurt by even the church. I just ask you, Holy Spirit, to bring that salve, that balm down on them, even right now in the spirit realm, and touch their heart. Help them to remember everything they were doing was only really for you. The people hurt them. You didn't hurt them. So help us to forgive the ones that hurt us. But help us never lose the passion and the desire in our heart to continue to minister to you night and day. I pray for that healing to be completed in Jesus' name right now. And for the rest, or others, or all, I pray that the anointing of the Holy Spirit would come rest on your marketplace leaders. Yes, right now. Even yes. right now, as my words wash over them, yes. that the Holy Spirit would touch them from the top of their head to the bottom of their feet, that the oil of the Holy Spirit would run down over them, refresh them once again, help them to be renewed and strengthened as they wait for the suddenlies to occur. And I just thank you, Father, that you have them positioned and anointed for such a time as this. I pray these things and seal them in the name and the authority and in the blood of Jesus Christ.